Well, good morning. Well, Eric said that I had 30 to 35 minutes, um, judging by the time, um, I'll go 40. Um, you know, it was interesting, I, I saw this, and we're talking on the Holy Spirit, and I, I happened to look at Acts, and I thought, well, maybe they think it's the, the they want me to reenact the tongues of fire coming down. Um, but no, I, I'm going to be talking my messages producing the fruit of the spirits. If you have your Bibles, would you get them out and turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19? I'm going to pray again. Uh, you can't pray enough, so I'm going to pray again, and then we'll begin our message. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for Cedar Home Baptist. I just specifically pray, not a member of this church, I pray for that man who's coming to be the senior pastor here. They've waited a long time, Lord. They've been faithful. They've been obedient. They've been patient. And Lord, I just pray that you would bring that man here. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, that we would connect this passage from our minds to our heart, Lord. We pray and ask these things in your name. Amen. So I enjoy the spring and the fall in the Pacific Northwest because I love fruit. Raspberries, apples, pears, blackberries. I know blackberries for some people are a noxious weed, but I love blackberries. But there's one fruit that's not of the Pacific Northwest that I love. It's called a sumo citrus. How many people have ever had a sumo citrus? You know what I'm talking about, right? You have to mortgage your house to get one. They're like $6 an orange. It's a big orange. Right? How many, how many people know what a sumo citrus is? Raise your hand. You're, okay, listen. Next March, write this down. You have to go down to QFC and get a sumo citrus. It's an orange with a top on it. It's not like a normal orange that's hard to peel. You pop the top and literally the skin falls off and you got this delicious orange right in front of you. This fruit and the fruit of the Spirit have some things in common. We're going to look at that today. Before we do that, the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatia, which is north-central Turkey of, um, of today, in the book of Galatians, uh, which was written sometime 48 to 57 A.D., so, you know, we'll say four to five decades after Jesus died, they're already struggling with personal relationships and the law. They want to go back to it. There's these group of people called the Judaizers that are calling into question this faith, and they're wanting to go back to the old way and the old laws. And Paul's writing and saying, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Why are we having this relationship problems? Because it's causing division in the church. Do we know anything about division in the church in North America in the last three years? Yeah, you all laugh. It's not funny anymore, is it? Paul's talking to the, the church of the 21st century today. And the purpose of why Paul was writing is to the original audience to give a full scope of how we can apply this to our lives today. He is the originator, that being the Holy Spirit, 
of this fruit. I, I got my phone out because we sang a song today and I knew I wasn't going to remember the lyrics, so I got it up. When striving ceases was the line. The more we try to strive to produce the fruit, the more we will not produce the fruit. We have to be indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So in the inferences is by being indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we have faith in who? In Jesus. In Galatians 3.22, Paul lays that out. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who, what? Believe. Some followers of Christ believe that the Holy Spirit comes to us as a second part of salvation, known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My belief through reading Scripture is, is that when we receive Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit in us. So back to the fruit story from the fall and the spring. All this fruit can't be made. We can plant it, we can water it, we can grow it. In fact, we can even put some of the, the, the sumo citrus, they're, they're, they're made, they're from Japan, they didn't come to the U.S. until 2011, they're made in central California. We won't hold that against them. But we can't make or create that fruit, can we? Only God can do that. Same thing with the fruit of the Spirit. We can't make it. The more we try to do it and strive to do it, the more we fail. We have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading the NIV version what I grew up on. I can't, I can't get away from it. I apologize if it's different than what you're reading, but hopefully you'll get the niche of what we're saying here. Galatians 5, 19 through 26 is what we're going to be reading. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here it is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. The first point this morning is that the Holy Spirit's fruit reveals and reflects the character of God. You know, I think I was listening to a pastor this past week, and he said the church seems to think that the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. We forget about the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. 
which is God in us. So you realize that I I took a graduate class because at 47, I thought going back to school would be a really great idea. And so I went back to seminary to finish and I did a whole course study on the Holy Spirit. And I recognized one of the problems with the North American church is we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. And Paul is emphasizing the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. But we have to understand that it reflects the character of God. One fruit of the sinful nature uh, are given in verses 19 through 21. The acts of the sinful nature, again, I won't um, say them there, there's just a list of, of, of fruit, if you will, of the sinful nature. That's when we try on our own. And then there's a second fruit that he, he speaks of that, refe- that reveals the, the character of God, and that's in verses 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine attributes or characteristics of God. Max Lucado is quoted as saying, He, the Holy Spirit, is mentioned 57 times in the book of Acts alone. Of those occasions, he speaks through someone to someone 36 times. Matthew, in his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, excuse me, Jesus in Matthew, teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, or the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus says, you will know them by their what? Fruits. I think he's alluding to what's coming, right? Because the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet because Jesus hasn't been resurrected. He tells his disciples, the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, Acts 2, at Pentecost. Jesus alludes to this in Matthew 7, 20, you will know them by their fruits, So is the Holy Spirit revealing his fruit through you? Are you striving to love, to have joy, to have peace, to have patience, to have kindness, goodness? Because we can do those things. We can try as hard as we can. But in the end, we're tired. In the end, we're unfulfilled. In the end, maybe we're bitter. In the end, maybe something else is happening. Secondly, this morning, the fruit of the Spirit helps us keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we do that? There's two things that I discerned from Galatians that Paul outlines on how we do that, to keep in step with the Spirit. The first one is to love our neighbor. It's interesting because Paul is hammering these guys on, it's not the law, it's not the law, it's not the law. It's faith in Christ. And what does he do? He uses the law to emphasize his point. Love God. Matthew 22, right? The two greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor. Verse 
Verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. So he's saying you're forgiven by Christ, but that doesn't mean that just gives you license to do anything you want to. Rather, serve one another in love. I think of that Waha app. <laughs> the church, when it's led by God, man, get out of the way. Satan thinks that he can stop the church, but he knows he can't. That's the one thing he cannot destroy. The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Last fall, September, I remember it, I was calling my, my uncle. My mom died a few years ago, and she had one brother um, who was a little bit dis, um, um, estranged from the family. But I, I always wanted to call him because my mom always did, and I thought, well, I'm going to keep this legacy up because I want to continue. So I called Bill, and I said, Bill, how are you doing today? He said, I'm doing great. But I just had surgery and I'm recovering. I said, hey, I'm really sorry to hear that. Are you doing okay though? And he said, yeah, I'm doing okay. He goes, hey, I really appreciate you calling me. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, he's never said that before. Normally it's, I'm good. Yep, good, okay, goodbye. But today he said, no, I'm really glad that you called me. And I thought, oh, you're welcome. I, I didn't say this and I should have, but... The Lord just kind of, when I was praying for him that morning, just kind of laid it on my heart. I want you to call. That's the Holy Spirit. I want you to call Bill. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll pray for him. No, no, I don't want you to just pray for him. I want you to call him. I said, okay, I'll call him. So I called, picked up the phone, and I called him. He said, I'm really glad you called. I'm like, wow, he said that, said that twice now. I go, you're welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'll, I'll continue to call. He goes, no, I'm really glad you called. I'm like, wow, that's three times now. <laughs> and he goes, you know why I'm glad? I said, no, tell me. He goes, I'm glad you called me on my birthday. What do you say to that? Besides, thank you, Lord. That's the power of the Holy Spirit producing fruit in and through you. We are called to love our neighbors. Maybe you have an estranged relationship with someone. Maybe God's saying, you need to love your neighbor. You need to, you need to, you need to call. The second one is that is loving those who belong to the family of believers. Did you know that Paul highlights the church and taking care of the members of the church first? Galatians 6, 9 through 10, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there now. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. That's the church. Love our neighbors. Take care of our church. Since the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, are we keeping in step with the Holy Spirit? If so, what does that look like as an action verb? I live on 81st Drive, and it's teed with Olympic Place. In the last year, God has laid it on my heart to pray for my neighbors and give me opportunities to share the message of Christ in word and in just deed. And so I've been praying, and, I, and I've been introducing myself to my different neighbors as, as God gives me the opportunities. See, I think sometimes, which is not wrong, we had our missionaries up here, we have one going to Morocco, that's fantastic. But sometimes we fly over the mission field to get to another mission field. You know, the U.S. is becoming quickly one of the more secular places in the world. This is the mission field right here. So when you pray for your pastor, be praying for a pastor that sees the vision of foreign missions as well as he does local missions. Loving people right here in Stanwood Camino. Finally, this morning, the fruit becomes stronger or more apparent or more alive as we become transformed by the Holy Spirit. This is something in the last two years that's become real to me. I've been a Christian for 41 years. Last year, God revealed to me, do you, do you realize, Brett, that you do not understand what it means to be dependent on me? Here's what I thought. When things were going well... God was working alongside of me. When things weren't working well, then that's when I needed to be dependent on God. And what God has revealed to me is true maturity is complete dependence on God. That is the Holy Spirit working in you. And you think, wow, it took 41 years. Well, I'm a slow learner. So what happens when the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us? Look at verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, and you could put in there, and are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, the sinful nature has been crucified. Does that mean it goes away? Nope. Every single one of us here struggle with some kind of sin or sins of some sort or the other. Our sinful nature is still with us. But as we crucify the sinful, sinful nature, we become more like Christ. And guess who does that transforming? The Holy Spirit. Turn your Bibles real quick to Romans 12. I try not to do a lot of flip-flopping, but on this one I had to. This has been my life for, for the last two years as I've sought what ministry God has next for me. As Keith introduced, he said, Brett formerly worked at Commando Chapel. They stepped down in February of 22, and since then, God has put me on a journey of what's next. I'm still on that journey. I'm still dependent on and relying on God and what that's going to look like. Verse 2. 
chapter 12, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to stop there because I could spend a whole rest of the message on the next part about God's will. And I, I began studying this in different translations in the original Greek and what it really meant when what Paul was saying. If you've read the book of Romans, it's not always clear. It's deep. You got to look. You got to dig. And so I kind of rewrote it. Not rewrote it as in rewrote the scripture, as in put it into words from other translations. This is what I came up with. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That is sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Changed. Made more like. It's in Romans 15, 16. By the renewing of your, by the renewing of your mind. That is the renewal by the Holy Spirit from Titus 5, 3. Then you will be able to test and approve. The ESV says that by testing you may discern or to distinguish or approve or examine what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's Paul saying? You have to rely on the Holy Spirit in order to produce the fruit, in order to become dependent, in order to be transformed by God. If we don't talk about the Holy Spirit, we're in trouble couple quotes. I'm not a big quote guy, but I, I just, I had to put these in here because they were from my studies from the fall. Chuck Swindoll says, the Spirit's transformation has become my highest pursuit as I pray it, also yours. Billy Graham, as a friend of mine has said, I need Jesus for my eternal life and the Holy Spirit of God for my internal life. And finally, from Billy Graham, as, a, as long as I strain and work to produce the fruit of the Spirit from within myself, I will end up fruitless and frustrated. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been striving. In 2021, in November, I crashed and burned. I burned out from ministry. Why did I burn out from ministry? Because I was striving. I was trying to produce fruit by myself. And I was not dependent on God. Not proud of that, but God has transformed my life. He continues in that quote. God, the Holy Spirit works in my life, creating me the fruit of the Spirit. So what areas of your life need to be transformed this morning? It might be a little bit uncomfortable. All of a sudden, it's getting a little warm in here. God's speaking to you. He's saying, I want you to change I want to be in charge of your life. I want you to be committed to me. What areas of your heart have you not committed to him this morning? God speaks to us in that still, quiet voice. One of the greatest things that we have going against us, I guess, in this culture is that we are 
busy being busy. We do our devotions, we pray, we read, but one of the things that we don't do, we don't listen to what God might be teaching. I invite you this morning and encourage you, exhort you, spend time alone with God without talking and listen to what he might be teaching. Authentically read his word and and ask the spirit to direct you and guide you. If you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Salvation is not a moment in time where you say, yep, I believe, and then do nothing with it. That's not what Jesus meant by that. He said, follow me. And the indwelling of the Holy Spirit will transform your life and make you more like me, and thus produce that fruit. You know, the only thing I lament about those sumo citruses, they're only here for two months. The good thing about the fruit that the Holy Spirit is, it's there for a lifetime. It's there for a lifetime. Would you stand with me as we pray? I've been told that there will be nothing after this. So after we pray, uh, after I pray, we, you're going to be dismissed. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for Cedar Home Baptist. I pray specifically for this search committee. I know, uh, having talked to a couple, and they have been meeting for a long time, and this church has been praying a long time, Lord, being patient, maybe sometimes not so patient, obedient. But man, what a... What a great opportunity, Lord. You planted this church in the middle of a field. And in 2023, it's in the middle of housing developments. The mission field is right here. And so I pray that Cedar Home would be a church that is a community church that reaches out first to their community and loves them. For for those that might be struggling today, I pray for the Holy Spirit to comfort them. Those that are being exhorted to do something by the Holy Spirit that they would do it. Those needing comfort would be comforted. Most of all, Lord, I pray that today the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would glorify you. I pray that for these people as well. We are one church, Lord. Even though I don't attend this church, we are one church universal praising you and worshiping you. We thank you for that. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You are dismissed. Hey, Rich. How are you? Good. Well, you did a good job. Well, thank you. Yeah, you did a great job. And good. I, I, I apologize to the church. They have, I feel like, I don't think the Holy Spirit wants me doing it, but I, 